Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Church Podcast. Stay tuned for today's sermon. Enjoy, and God bless. Amen, amen. Well, good morning. Thank you, Pastor Josh. You guys hear me okay? It is so good to be here today. First of all, thank you all for... um, your prayers and, 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 and words of, of, of kindness uh, as we uh, last weekend celebrated the home going to my mother. Uh, my mom was 90 years old and uh, she loved Jesus and she loved people. And uh, so we celebrated her home going last week and I was very honored to be able to do her eulogy, which is uh, to me a pretty big deal because I come from a family of pastors and leaders. And um, so, but thank you all for your prayers and, and for your, your kind words. Um, God is good. Amen. I, too, want to thank, want to welcome our first-time guests. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that you would, uh, that what you have experienced so far looks like, smells like, sounds like Jesus in some way. And that all throughout this service, you will continue to be impacted, not by what I say or what we do, but by the presence of the living God that fills this place. Amen? I also want to welcome our online viewers. Thank you for joining us today. May the Lord bless and keep you. And I pray that you too would just be so blessed by by your your joining us. Well, this morning, if you will turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And I'm going to be reading from the NLT starting in verse 21, and the scripture will be on the wall behind me. You can follow there if you like. Matthew chapter 15. Starting in verse 21. It says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading and this was her plea have mercy on me O Lord son of David for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely but Jesus gave her no reply not even a word then his disciples urged him to send her away they said tell her to go away she is bothering us with all her begging Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Let us pray. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this word. Now, God, I ask you to just bless this time of sharing your word. Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. God, as always, I hide myself behind your word. 
I hide myself behind your anointing. God, let man not be heard. Let the words of the living God be released in this house today. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We bless you for being the amazing God that you are. The Holy Spirit, have your way today and bless the people of God with the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I have no idea what that sound is I'm hearing. Okay, all right. Thank you. Well, it seems like there's a word that God, God has uh, uh, for us today, and that word is surrender. We sang about surrendering to the Lord. And today, as I share with you part three of the series, Fearless Faith, I'm going to share a message entitled, Do Not Surrender Your Faith. Do not surrender your faith. As you journey through life, you will encounter people, you will encounter circumstances, you will come across conditions and challenges, as well as you will experience delays in promises answered that has the potential to arrest your faith. Do not surrender your faith in God to those things, but main surrendered to God and his word. I started this series with the message, Chase the Lion. And in that message I shared, if, you're going to, if we're going to live by faith, then we have to defeat the spirit of fear that will come against us. I challenge you to see fear like a lion that wants to frighten and devour you. And I also challenge you to chase whatever frightens you out of your life instead of you running away from it. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Paul identifies fear not as an emotion, but as a spirit. And to live... With fearless faith, the spirit of fear has to be defeated when it comes against you. That's why I so appreciate Linda's word this morning. Amen. The enemy gets up close. He wants you to cower down. Don't cower down. Pull out your dagger. Pull out the word of God and begin to speak what thus says the Lord against that thing. Amen? Last Sunday, Pastor Angela spoke about fearless faith being pioneering faith. She used the story of Rahab, who struck a deal with the two spies sent by Joshua to spout Jericho. Rahab boldly used her faith not only to save her life, but also to save her family. And today, I'm going to talk about faith that refuses to surrender to circumstances or conditions that are contrary to what you're believing for. Faith that refuses to surrender to circumstances or conditions that are contrary to what you are believing God for. 
The word surrender means to cease resistance to an enemy or an opponent and to submit to its authority. So whatever you surrender your faith to, you submit to the authority of. That's why you cannot allow your faith to be arrested by your circumstances. But your faith has to be persistent in its pursuit of God and in its pursuit of the things that God can do and provide for you. Persistent faith remains and endures over a prolonged period of time. Persistent faith is tenacious. Persistent faith is fearless. It refuses to give up, refuses to give in, refuses to stop trying, and it refuses to stop believing God. Persistent faith will hold out, but it will not hold back. It will hold out, but it does not hold back. It will not run away but it will keep you firmly and obstinately on the course you're on regardless of the opposition, the obstacles, or the discouragement that you may encounter along the way. The difficulties that you face in life have the potential to arrest your faith if if you're not persistent and what you believe about God. But if you are persistent in what you believe about God, in the end, your faith will win out. So do not let nothing or nobody seize your faith. Do not let nothing or nobody handcuff your faith. Do not not let nothing or nobody lock away your faith. But be persistent in your pursuit of the promises of God. Don't let go of what you know God has spoken to you, about you, or over you. Do not let go of it. When you know what you are believing for, you have the right to, you will not surrender your faith to extraneous circumstances. When you know that what you are believing God for, you have the right to. You will not surrender your faith to extraneous circumstances. You will not surrender to the things that come against you to arrest your faith in God. You know, I felt compelled to bring this message because I sensed that some of you perhaps have stopped believing. I sense that some of you have given up on what you once hoped for. You stopped believing God for the promise of the promises that you once held firm to. You stopped believing that what God spoke to you is going to come to pass. You've let go of your dream. You relinquished your hope. You stop believing that things are going to get better. 
But I want to encourage you today to dream again. Amen. Dream again. I want to encourage you today to hope again, to believe again. I want to encourage you to not surrender the promises of God to anything or anyone because God's answer is right on the other side of your faith. And some of you, you're at the door. It is about to open for you. Do not turn around and walk away. Keep knocking. Keep pressing. Keep pushing. Keep speaking. Your faith will win out in the end if you are persistent in what you believe about God. That is what we see in the life of this Gentile woman who was persistent in pursuing help for her daughter. Now, in Mark's gospel, we know her as the Syrophoenician woman. Matthew in the NIV calls her a Canaanite, naming her ancient ancestors who were enemies of Israel. And Matthew's Jewish audience would have immediately concluded that Jesus should not help this woman, as did his disciples, who were all Jewish. They asked Jesus to get rid of her because they said she's bothering us with all her begging. This woman was relentless. She was determined to get help for her daughter who was possessed by a demon spirit. And she, was, she refused to take no. She refused to surrender her faith for what she was in God and what she needed to any circumstances or anyone who opposed what, her, what she needed. But Jesus' disciples showed no compassion. They showed no sensitivity to her need. And as I was preparing this message, I could not help but wonder how often or how many times do we take on that posture concerning people around us who crowd to God for help? How many times do we become the agent that arrests their faith? How often do we take on the posture concerning people around us who crowd to God for help? Do we take on that same posture that the disciples took on? How many times do we become the agent that arrests their faith? It is possible to become so preoccupied with spiritual matters that we miss the real needs around us. Real needs, natural needs that require faith in God. This is especially likely if we're prejudiced against certain people in need or if we are inconvenienced by them. 
instead of being bothered, instead of being turned off by the needs of others, I want us to become more aware of the opportunities around us and to be open to the healing powers of God that are available to all people and make every effort to not shut out those who are in need that God may bring into your area of influence. This Canaanite woman was persistent because she was desperate. She was desperate to see her daughter healed. She was desperate to see the power of evil broken. She'd grown weary of living under the conditions caused by this demonic possession. And there were obstacles she encountered that would have arrested her faith had she not been persistent in overcoming any thoughts of surrendering her faith to those obstacles. Let's look at what she had to overcome to get help for her child. We read about it. Now let's take a few moments and let's break it down. The first thing she had to overcome was the fact that she was a Canaanite. A Canaanite. One seen by the Jews as unworthy. One seen by the Jews as unclean. Yet this Canaanite woman used her faith to make an appeal to this Jewish rabbi. And in her appeal, she cried out to his Jewish lineage. She said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. For my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. She did not allow the fact that she was not a Jew keep her from crying out to this Jewish rabbi for help. Jewish rabbi for help. The next thing that this woman could have surrendered her faith to was the silence of Jesus. This woman, no doubt, had heard about his miracles. She'd heard how he spoke and demons fled. She knew Jesus had the ability to heal her daughter. Yet her plea for help seemed to have fallen on deaf ears as Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. But she refused to give in to his silence. She refused to surrender her faith to Jesus' lack of response, let that sink in. She refused to surrender her faith in Jesus' lack of response. Please hear me. You know what that means, right? That means listen real good. <laughs> listen to me. You just got to get this. Because some of you are in this place. How you interpret 
the silence of God is important to your faith walk. How you interpret the silence of God is important to your faith walk. What do you do when God does not speak to you in the midst of your crisis? How do you interpret that silence? Do you interpret it as a no? Do you interpret it as a not now? Or do you interpret it as an opportunity to press in closer to God? Can God's silence during desperate times be an invitation for us to pray a little harder and listen a little more intently. How you interpret God's silence is important to your prayers being answered. If you're persistent, even when God is silent, you will press in. If you're persistent, even when you don't hear nothing from God, you won't give up. If you're persistent, you will refuse to surrender your faith even to God's silence. Because God's silence does not always mean no. His silence does not always mean not now. Sometimes his silence is just an imitation for you to draw a little closer to him, for you to pray a little harder, to worship more deeply. How you interpret the silence of God, how do you interpret it? What does it mean to you? What do you do when God does not speak in the middle of your crisis? You know, faith is a funny thing. Your faith walk is a a funny thing. During some of my, two of my most crucial times of making a decision in life, the first time God told me what to believe for. He told me what, he gave me instructions. He told me what to do. Okay? So I I was able to work through every obstacle and hold on because God said it. God said it. When everything looked like it wasn't going to work out, but God, you told me to do this. The next time I was faced with a difficult or challenging decision, God didn't tell me what to do. He asked me a question. He said, what do you want it to be? (laughs) In other words, what are you going to believe me for? Both cases took faith. How do you interpret the silence of God in the midst of your crisis? The next thing this woman could have surrendered her faith to 
were the words of the disciples that urged Jesus to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Listen, get this. Her cry of faith for help bothered the followers of Jesus. Think about that. They were bothered because someone, a woman who desperately needed help, was crying out to the one who helped her. Again, you got to be careful. You got to be careful what you say. When people around you are desperate for God, you got to be careful that you do not become the one who to frustrate and bother them or that you're not bothered by their cry for help. Her cry for help bothered his disciples. But this mother refused to give in to what they want, what they were saying, much like blind Bartimaeus refused to obey the people who told him to be quiet. Remember that in Mark 10, 48? They said, be quiet, be quiet, don't bother the master. But instead of being quiet, he shouted aloud, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Above all the noise of the crowd. Jesus did not just hear Bartimaeus calling out to him. He heard faith calling out to him. So he stopped and said, tell him to come here. When when blind Bartimaeus came, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? The man is blind, right? Then you got to get this. God wants you to express to him what you want. He wants you to express to him what you're going to believe him for. <laughs> what do you want me to do? The blind man said, I want to see. Jesus said to him in verse 52, go for your faith has healed you. And instantly Bartimaeus could see and he followed Jesus down the road. What did Jesus say healed Bartimaeus? What was it? His faith. He did not say, I've healed you. He did not say, God has healed you, whom we know all healing flows from. He was making a point here. If you want to receive from your heavenly father, Have faith in God to do what you're believing him for. He said, your faith has made you whole. That is why, church, we must never surrender our faith to the opinions or the noise caused by others. You got to reject the naysayers. Sometimes you got to kick them out of the room. I'm telling you, you will will encounter moments in your life when it's so important for you to stand in faith that you're going to have to get rid of all the people around you who are going to speak doubt and unbelief. You got to get rid of that. 
Because sometimes someone's life may depend on it. People will not always understand and accept what your faith is crying out for. Even people who are close to God. They won't get it. People will not always understand and accept what your faith is crying out for. Even people who are close to God. But do not surrender your faith to their opinion. Do not surrender your faith to their levels of uncomfort or their places of frustration. The Seraphonician woman was persistent in her pursuit of God's help. She was persistent in her pursuit of God's power to heal her daughter. She knew Jesus had authority over the evil that tormented her child, and she refused to take no for an answer. And please hear this. What this woman sought for was not a promise. She had the right to lay hold, hold to. But she had the faith needed to get it. What do I mean by that? She did, this woman, remember, this is a Seraphonician. This is a Canaanite. This is a Gentile woman, not a Jewish woman. This woman did not have God's word. She did not have God's promise that, 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 that he would heal her daughter. Listen. But we do. We do. Yet how often do we allow naysayers to make us doubt what God has said? How often do we surrender our faith to the opinions of others? Do we surrender our faith to their negativity? The disciples said to Jesus, send her away. And it seems as if that's what Jesus tried to do. First, he was silent. Then his disciples said, send her away. And it appears Jesus tried to do that. Because he said to her in verse 24 of Matthew 15, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. For most of us, that would have sealed our faith. We may have survived God's silence. We may have survived the noise made by other people. But most would have given up if God said, I have not come to help you. That's really what this woman heard, right? I have not come to help you. I've come to help the lost sheep of Israel. Most of us would have, would have given up at that moment. I would even say that most people live with the idea that God would do for others what he would not do for them. It seems we have more faith for other people to get what they need from God than we do for ourselves. But God wants to bless you. Say, listen, say this with me. Say, God wants to bless me. Say it again. God online viewers, say it. Say it, come on. God wants to bless me. Do you believe that? Yes. He wants to bless you. God wants to help you. Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to supply all of your needs, not just everybody else, but you personally. 
the words of Jesus to this woman do not contradict the truth that God's message of love and healing is for all people. As a matter of fact, when Jesus said this to this woman, he was sent to the Jews. He was in Gentile territory on a mission to Gentile people. So perhaps his reply was to test this woman's faith. <laughs> perhaps his reply was to test her faith. Or maybe he wanted to use her situation to teach us that persistent faith will produce results. To me, the key is how this woman responded to Jesus telling her no. Most people would have probably turned and walked away and said, I tried. I've given it my best. I've prayed as hard as I know how to pray. I've quoted as much words as I know how to quote. And I hear God saying, I'm not going to help you. Most of us would have walked away in defeat, but not this woman. When Jesus said, I was not sent to you, she came and she fell at his feet and she worshiped him. She worshipped him. What do you do when you feel like the answer is no? Can you still worship God? Will you still worship God? Will you still surrender your all to him? You say, God, I don't understand why. But I worship you anyway. I surrender to you anyway. I love you anyway because you're God. And Lord, if you don't answer this prayer, you've done so much for me already that I'm going to love you for the rest of my days and I worship you because you're God and there's none other like you. This woman worshiped Jesus. She did not get mad. She did not complain that he didn't care. She did not allow what was wrong with her keep her from worshiping what is right with God. She did not allow her identity to keep her from worshiping God. God wants you to use your faith, not surrender your faith. And it seems like, or if it seems like your faith is not getting it, then worship him. Praise him. Even if he says no, a heart that worships God can change God's mind. I know that's a strong statement, but this woman did. As I close, let's say you survived God telling you no. That's a hearing no, you worship him anyway. Would your faith survive the next obstacle this woman faced? 
in verse 26, Jesus said, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. The only way, church, to survive that and continue in faith is to have persistent faith. Amen. A faith that refuses to be arrested. A faith that refuses to surrender. A faith that won't give up but continues to look for a way. A faith that pushes through the silence, overlooks the complaints of others, continues to believe and worship God when the answer is no, and is so desperate it does not take on personal offenses. Amen. How often do you feel offended when you feel like God says no to you? This woman was not offended. Jesus said it's not right to take food from children and throw it to the dogs. Her response was, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. In other words, I don't want what belongs to someone else. Just give me the little bit that others overlook, and that's enough for me. Just give me the little bit that others overlook. And that's enough for me. Give me the little that they reject or throw away. This woman understood that Jesus had enough power for everybody. She understood the unlimited, all-consuming power of God. She knew that God did not have to take away from someone else to meet her needs. You've got to know that. Because sometimes we think, oh, I'll be all right, God. Just bless someone, bless someone. No, God, bless someone else and me too. I want Sherry to get hers. I want Roger to get healed. But Lord, please don't leave me out because you got enough power to bless us all. You got enough power to heal us all. And you don't have to leave anyone out. Just give me the scraps. Just give me the scraps. This woman was persistent. She refused to surrender her faith to her circumstances. And Jesus' response to her in Matthew 15, 28 was, Dear woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed instantly. What made her faith great? It was persistent. She pressed in. She didn't give up. She worked through every obstacle. She worked through everything that said no. She worked through Jesus' silence. She worked through the disciples saying, send her away. She worked through Jesus telling her, I've not been sent to help you. She even worked through Jesus calling her a dog because she was persistent and she wanted help for her daughter. When you get desperate enough, you will not quit. Let me close with this one scripture and then we're going to pray really fast. Luke 18, listen to this, Luke 18, verse 1. 
It says, one day Jesus told this, his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. He said, there was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor cared about people. That's a, that's a bad, I mean, that's, that's a, <laughs> whew. He didn't fear God, didn't care about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her consistent or her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. And I think we need to learn a lesson from this woman, okay? Learn a lesson from this woman. Even he surrendered, uh, he, even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who crowd to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? What is Jesus saying? He is saying here, that true faith, real faith, does not quit. It don't give up. It is persistent. I don't know what you have been believing God for. I don't know what you're in need of. This much I do know. If you will be persistent in your faith, if you will refuse to give in or give up, in the end, your faith will win out. And that concludes today's sermon. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please visit us by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.